This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Linda's voice has dropped significantly. I am Brian Callahan uh, in for Linda again today and uh, tomorrow with uh, Linda making the big return next week um, after some well-deserved time off, of course, which we always say, but it's true. Very, very, very true. So this is News Talk, and um, yeah, I'm just going to run down through the top stories here this morning, from this morning and this afternoon now. Um, all of which uh, we welcome your calls for comment and uh, anything you just want to throw out there. It doesn't have to be a long call, but if you got something on your mind that you want to uh, share with the listening audience here from uh, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock this afternoon, we are all ears. Um, I'm just going to run through a few things. Of course, just noticing uh, just about an hour and a half ago, I got word that OceanGate, the company, of course, that owned and built the, uh, the Titan submersible that was tragically lost with all five aboard, uh, they have ceased operations officially as of today, word coming out from the company. Uh, no one available for comment there yet, but um, of course this is probably not the most surprising uh, development given the, uh, the um, unfortunate the tragedy that occurred there just a few weeks ago now, of course, um, with the Titan that was uh, descending uh, to the Titanic. And unfortunately and sadly and tragically, uh, we're told, suffered a catastrophic implosion. And, of course, they have since recovered most of the pieces of the, uh, of the sub from the uh, ocean floor near the Titanic, about 1,600 feet away from it um, as well. And uh, we do recall that uh, officials did say that they also did recover some human remains from the site, which is surprising um, only to the point where it was believed that uh, there might not be much to recover, only given the catastrophic implosion and, and what that can do to, uh, to steel or titanium or uh, carbon fiber, let alone a human body. So without getting too much into that. Um, so uh, we continue to wait, but that's the latest development there. Continue to wait for more information from the investigations on several fronts, of course. Uh, throughout the United States, Canada, the Transportation Safety Board here, as well as the Coast Guard in the United States, and as well the RCMP, which we know are investigating as well to see if if they will uh, pursue a criminal um, investigation with the uh, with that explosion implosion, I should say. So Ocean Gate ceasing operations. As well, we heard this morning um, there was news of a um, a death um, at the South Coast Fish Farm operated by Nova Fish Farms. Uh, involving a barge on the south coast near St. Albans. Um, not a lot known yet other than they did uh, retrieve a worker's body from the water near a barge that was working near uh, St. Albans uh, in that area. And uh, so the investigation continues there. We don't have any other real information on the victim at this point. Uh, but of course, um, we, uh, we are waiting for more information on both the RCMP as well as the chief medical examiner's office on that. Um, seven people appointed to the Board of Regents today, uh, which comes, of course, in the wake of some controversies surrounding MUN and uh, questions about representation on the Board of Regents and uh, who is there and whether or not they fully represent the community and faculty as well. Um, so we know that there were seven new welcomed, including some um, well-known names there. Bob Hallett, uh, of course, of Great Big Sea fame, but of also... Um, Tara Bruce Productions, 
uh, they uh, Bob's been appointed to the Board of Regents, uh, of course, a graduate of Mun alumni, um, al- honorary alumni, of course. Uh, uh, recently, the members of the band, of course, were uh, were installed given what Great Big C has done to our cultural fabric. Uh, others, Dr. Ash Hossein, of course, with Munfa. Uh, Justin Lada, CEO of KMK Capital, and, of course, the son of the late uh, Dr. Nazar Lada, Lada uh, well-known psychiatric uh, uh, doctor in the province for years and years and years. Uh, we also have Chief Brendan Mitchell uh, from the West Coast, uh, Chief of the Halibut Nation. Uh, Natalie Pender, a French teacher, representing that segment of society. Tim Powers from uh, Summa Strategies and Abacus Data, who's often a regular here on VOCM, uh, with his insight with the auto report, auto out report in the mornings. And uh, Lynn Zarell, the Chief Financial Officer of Stonebridge Capital. So certainly a variety um, from all aspects of, uh, of life there, new um, appointees to the Board of Regents at Munn. So they've got a few things on their plate, of course, not the least of which things such as, you know, uh, controversies over the old to Newfoundland being played um, at convocation ceremonies, and, of course, a, a slew of other issues. You know, uh, Dr. Hussain, of course, who is a, an appointee from MUNFA, um, he would still like to see more teaching groups represented on that uh, Board of Regents as well. You know, I mean, we have lab instructors at CUPE and, and um, Marine Institute workers represented by NAEP, and there's also those per-course instructors as opposed to professors who are on regular salary. So, you know, I don't know if you can get everybody represented on the Board of Regents, but certainly they're giving it their best shot. And let's see, what else do we have in the news today? Of course, we got the, in St. John's here, we got the Folk Festival, the Newfoundland Labrador Annual Folk Festival, um, with performers, of course, from all over the province, and not just the province, outside the province as well, uh, some special guests. And uh, that's kicking off officially tomorrow, although there's a, there's a francophone night tonight at the Ship Pub in St. John's, featuring Colleen Power and others. Um, then three days and three nights of festival at Bannerman Park. So a little something for everyone, of course, which brings us naturally to the weather. And um, coming up after the break, we'll find out what's in store for the weekend. Uh, I had a little chat earlier on with uh, David Neal at Environment Canada, not just about the weather this weekend, but of course, seeing some strange weather and patterns, which seems to be every day these days. Um, of course, we had in around the St. John's area, we had... Uh, some awakening lightning, thunder lightning overnight. More thunder woke me up than anything. Uh, that were pretty loud claps. And uh, for anyone with a pet, you were probably up as well trying to uh, soothe uh, your pets uh, throughout that light the thunder this morning. That was pretty loud stuff. So, yes, uh, we'll talk about that. And as well, scientists talking about the global heat that's inching upward. Uh, worrisome new territory, they say, this week. And a clear example of how they say pollutants released by humans are warming the environment more and more. Um, the unofficial records for Earth's average temperature are just, you know, one way the planet is telling us something that's wrong, but there's warming oceans and dangerous um, air from runaway wildfires. The air quality has not been good in areas. So uh, my chat with David Neal, we talked about that and, uh, and generally what is coming up and what's in store. And, of course, the late summer that arrived here, at least on the east coast of the province. So we'll talk to David Neal after the break. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain today and tomorrow here on News Talk. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions. Plus, interviews with today's newsmakers. Your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays. Your VOCM mornings. 
Brian Callahan back with you on this Thursday afternoon, a mozzy old Thursday. At least it's warm. I say mozzy, but then five minutes ago I looked out and it was a bit of rain and drizzle and clouded over. And now the sun seems to be breaking through again. It's been like that all day around this part, these parts uh, of the island. Maybe same as yours. Give us a shout. Tell me what it's like. And uh, you hear the numbers. Same numbers as open line, of course. 709-273-5211 if you have anything on your mind today. I know uh, distracted driving got a lot of traction earlier this week, for sure, for good reason. Um, it's just too much of it going on. And it's kind of scary. Unfortunately, um, I saw a poll that said, you know, a lot of us um, would be more careful if something happened. Well, it's too late then, and so uh, you try your best to be proactive and uh, pretend something's already happened if you have to. But uh, put the phone down if you're listening right now, and even if it's not in your hand, arguably it's just as bad. It's a distraction of the brain, not necessarily just your eyes. So if you can, try to keep it on the road instead of everywhere else. And, uh, uh, yeah, avoid any kind of uh, mishaps today, please, and going into the long, going into the long weekend, I wish. Going into the weekend. Anyway, before the break, I mentioned we, uh, speaking of um, the weekend and uh, the slew of festivals and events going on all over the province, um, certainly worth a check in early on with uh, David Neal at Environment Canada just to see as a, first of all, gen- general overview on what we've had. I never thought the summer would arrive this year. Thank God it did. Uh, but of course, once we got going, it's been nice and um, warm. We're back up to the 20s on average. So uh, I picked David Neal's brain at Environment Canada about what's on the horizon. Uh, certainly here in in, uh, in in Newfoundland and Labrador, we had obviously in some areas, we had a little bit of a delayed start uh, to summer. We did have some cooler temperatures through uh, a good portion of, uh, of June, but uh, uh, things really did kind of switch around there uh, in the later part of June. We have uh, we have seen uh, a couple of, uh, of, of, heat, uh, of heat events here, uh, here in Newfoundland and Labrador, so here on the island, uh, parts of uh, central and western uh, there at the end of June. And now we're seeing some warmer temperatures make their way into uh, into western labrador um so, so certainly uh, uh um here in uh, here on the east coast we have we have seen uh, some of this warmth really start to start to creep in uh here as we get more into uh, into the early part of uh, of the summer season a lot of a lot of people would say thank god <laughs> the relief of of uh some people thought you know where it was dragging into june that uh, rain drizzle and fog that we might never get it but it Thank goodness it turned again and kind of like almost overnight or over weekend. Um, but fortunately, I just want to uh, go directly to the last 24 hours. We had quite a little uh, thunder and lightning event overnight. What um, what might have combined to create that? Uh, so we did have a, a little area of, uh, of low pressure that, uh, that did track across and uh, uh, did have some uh, some pretty good uh, precipitation with it there. So that uh, that was likely what set off those uh, those few thunder showers uh, through uh, through the night there. So uh, yeah, definitely a little bit of a uh, a bit of a wake up call there for uh, uh, for some folks there uh, um, with with that with that thunder. And I guess we're somewhat, uh, call it blessed or lucky, that, uh, yeah, we do get a good drenching, that we did get a good drenching, and that we're not suffering really right now while a lot of other parts of, especially Quebec, with the forest fires. How long, um, you know, uh, can we expect to have a, a relatively good, um, you know, weather pattern that uh, keeps us, you know, away from that? I mean, are we looking at any big spikes in temps over and dryness over the next little while? 
Uh, well, as we're seeing right now, uh, here on the island, we uh, we still have um, a fairly slow-moving area, low pressure that's just kind of lingering around. So, not as of right now, it's not producing too too much. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, um, uh, like kind of last night notwithstanding, but yeah, it's not producing a lot of precipitation, but it is uh, there is uh, quite a bit of moisture there. So, I mean, it's just uh, basically causing a lot of just uh, likely off and on showers, drizzle. Uh, and that's likely to linger around really even through uh, through a good portion of the weekend. Um, as we go up into Labrador, not a whole, not as much there precipitation wise. Also, some risk of uh, of uh, uh, of uh, thunder thunder showers up uh, up in that uh, that neck of the woods too. Uh, which um, you know at times if you can get the uh, some a little bit of heavier rainfall with that, that can uh, that obviously can help. But if you don't get a lot of rain with that, obviously the uh, um, the uh, the lightning can uh, uh, can be a hindrance can actually can uh, be responsible for sparking up some more fires so it's kind of you're, you're kind of going uh one of two directions there with that uh, not not a lot a whole lot of precipitation on the horizon there for labrador uh, again just some spotty showers but perhaps not as uh, not as uh, persistent as what we might see uh, across parts of the island yeah so um this weekend uh you know we're looking down to the events there's festivals and outdoor events everywhere uh, a lot of people just you know keeping their fingers crossed for weather so just overall uh, you know for the weekend itself i know here in st john's of course the, the folk festival is on the go uh three four nights of that so they'll all be looking at the forecast rather closely nothing unsettled though hey it should be relatively you know seasonable and and you know no drenching or uh, or really hot weather to uh, worry about uh, now, well, in terms of the warmth, uh, that does look like it should be uh, uh, fairly reasonable. Uh, looking at uh, g- generally uh, daytime highs uh, throughout the weekend, really kind of around 20, mm. uh, give or take a couple of degrees here or there. So fairly comfortable. Uh, in terms of precipitation, though, um, it, as I mentioned before, it's a, uh, it looks like a very sort of kind of off and on precipitation pattern. So uh, what we're seeing is uh, it's likely to see uh, uh, showers off and on on throughout uh, throughout the weekend uh, that could be alternated with periods where you could see a bit of a bit of sun breaking through so uh, really kind of uh, up and down in terms of conditions uh, with regards to precipitation that said some of those showers that move through could uh, could could be a little bit heavy at times uh, so uh, certainly something to uh, keep in mind when uh, planning to be uh, out and about uh, throughout the weekend to uh, perhaps prepare for uh, uh, for a little bit of rain at, uh, at some times and by the looks of it just looking at all the conglomeration of um, of the system probably a good bit of humidity uh yeah, relatively so. Relatively humid. Looking at uh, generally when when uh, at the peak of uh, uh, of the afternoon when you're getting into those kind of low uh, towards 20 degrees, uh, you could see uh, see uh, some humid X values. Of course, that will uh, that will make make us feel a little bit more like uh, into more like the high 20s. Mm. Um, but uh, in terms of anything to the extreme, talking about you know getting into like. The high 20s with humidex, uh, it, it getting more in, into the mid 30s. Uh, looks like that should be more or less avoided with this weekend. But yes, uh, there will be uh, some uh, uh, humidity factor there uh, that could uh, make it feel a little more like high 20s at uh, during the uh, the afternoon, early evening. And just lastly, there, you know, I mean, uh, no, thunder and lightning can be jarring for anybody, especially pets and that sort of thing. Um, can mm-hmm. we expect uh, the sort of conditions to persist over the weekend that might create the hard claps of thunder and that sort of thing that we? We saw early this morning around St. John's area. 
Um, no, that that's, uh, that's going to be something that we'll be able to pin down a little bit better as we get a little bit closer. But uh, uh, one thing to keep in mind as is, as we are into uh, in, into the summer season, it is always something that you uh, that, that that has to be uh, considered. So certainly, uh, when it comes to uh, the, the more severe weather, when you're talking about uh, th- thunderstorms and things like that, uh, definitely a good idea before you uh, you head out for the day to uh, to check uh, check your latest forecast and and uh, if you can on the go obviously folks uh, all uh, all have um, all have the cell phones and stuff like that so it's always a good idea to keep an eye on on the latest uh, forecast and conditions uh, if when you are going out for the day just to be uh, uh, be sure to be prepared for uh, for for those sorts of uh, situations where you could get a few rumbles and a few heavier downpours and things like that are we still seeing the the after effects of any smoke around i mean there have been a few hazy nights where you could see it but it doesn't seem like as much now or is that just the wind patterns i guess uh, well, certainly, yeah. That's that's a big uh, has the biggest influence uh, at this time. Certainly, haven't been seeing uh, quite like we saw there, uh, or a little, I guess, roughly a week, a little over a week, uh, a couple of weeks ago now, I guess. Uh, we just um, actually one of my uh, co- uh, colleagues out in uh, BC just got off of a uh, um, a media briefing there uh, not that long oh, ago. Yeah. yeah. So any of those areas uh, on the mainland that are going through a lot of the uh, with a lot yeah. with the, that are. Uh, much much more uh, impacted by the fires that's uh, definitely a very uh, very busy situation for a lot of those folks um, here uh, here on the island we've been kind of in that with that, with that low pressure system over us the wind, wind pattern has been fairly calm and actually fairly uh, quite variable so I haven't seen much there um, across Labrador right now we're seeing a, a flow that's generally south to even a little bit southeast so it's not really coming from uh, from Quebec where we're seeing a lot of those uh, a lot of the fires there and, 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 and a lot of that smoke transport so ha- we haven't quite uh, uh, seen certainly what uh, what we saw there a couple of weeks ago where uh, air quality was getting pretty poor there in in, uh, in, in lab west so hopefully, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can certainly stay out of that uh, continue to stay out of that over the ne- over the next uh, number of weeks sharp sure. can never talk enough about the weather david neal always appreciate your time thanks very much not a problem thanks for having me on today as advertised, Dave Neal, always, as I said, appreciate it. Uh, on short notice, he got back to me lickety-split uh, with um, a nice little rundown of the weather, what we can expect in the next few days. A lot of people looking up to the skies and planning their events around it. And uh, as you heard there, it should stay relatively warm, but we're probably still in for some uh, occasional cool-off with a drizzle or a shower here and there. So uh, it won't be all so bad, even under the big trees down at Bannerman Park. I just want to circle back for a moment. Of course, um, we're following today the uh, a tragedy on the south coast there at the Nova Fish Farms uh, operation near St. Albans. Um, the RCMP confirming this morning that uh, a man had drowned um, around working around a barge out in the area, but uh, his body had been recovered from the water. No more detail on what occurred there. Um, they did say efforts to resuscitate him were unsuccessful. But uh, just mentioning this now because we did just receive a statement as well from the provincial government um, from Service NL, of course, um, which uh, oversees the Occupational Health and Safety Division. They're saying that the impact of a workplace fatality is felt by family, friends, and co-workers, resonates with all Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, and they offer their deepest condolences to the family of the, uh, of the man who passed away there. Um, again, a stop work order has been issued there, um, and the incident is under investigation. 
Um, that's the sad part, of course. Uh, but there's uh, also positive news in the industry, and uh, we're going to get to a bit of that um, involving Grieg Seafoods. Um, right after the break here on News Talk and what they're up to and um, the um, resumption of the first phase of construction of uh, their new post-smolt building down in Marystown. So we'll have a little bit of that after the break. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain on News Talk. We'll be right back after the news. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings. Welcome back to the program. Uh, this is News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain today and tomorrow. Expecting Linda back in the saddle next week. And uh, just before the break, I was mentioning some positive news for uh, the South Coast, as particularly really the Buren Peninsula and Placentia Bay area, really, where Grieg Seafood is ramping up their operations. They were planning to um, start the first phase of construction of a new post-smolt building. Now, that's a new technology within the salmon farming world. Basically, a larger part of the production occurs on land and the time that fish spend in the, the marine farms or the, the, the farms themselves is reduced compared to, you know, traditional practices. But enough of me telling you about it. I spoke with the uh, director of communications for Grieg Seafood, Perry Power, just a short time ago, and uh, he gave me the lowdown on, uh, on the progress and uh, why it was delayed and, and the good news that it's now has resumed. First thing that jumped out just uh, was, you know, the, the release mentions the resumption or resuming the first phase. So can you just take me back, just a bit of background, um, when the actual planning and work began? And uh, resumption seems to suggest there was an interruption at some point. Absolutely. And I'll deal with the resumption first, Brian. Sure. Uh, back in, uh, in uh, 2020, of course, we were in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, 2019, 2020, we we had a very difficult day where we had to call a a halt to the construction of a building we call Post Smolt A. That's sort of a brackish water, salt water uh, uh, environment that we place fish to grow out on land. And uh, it's it's a, a very successful, uh, very modern way of of uh, of of uh, fish farming nowadays. Unfortunately, and professionally, that was one of the toughest days. We had a lot of people employed uh, locally mm-hmm. in that construction, and as you can imagine, that wasn't that wasn't a pleasant day for myself or for the employees. And and uh, but we always had the attention uh, the intention of resuming because that was within our our business model. So today we're able to announce that we're resuming the phase one portion, which is uh, a lot of civil works, concrete works, that sort of thing, preparation for for the building. The announcement of the of the uh, of the phase two part will follow that at some point, but uh, you know, seafood has maintained that our intention is to move forward and to complete it, uh, so that we can uh, you know increase our production as we have. Uh, as we have stated to the province and to the people of Newfoundland and Labrador, that we will do. Uh, so it's a it's a happy day for us. Uh, we're excited. 
Uh, at its peak, it will employ about 120 people for this phase. Uh, and, uh, and um, you know, we're excited that this will begin just in the next few days. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, activity around uh, around Marystown. A lot of people are excited, including the the, the mayor here and, uh, and, of course, the proponents. There's a joint venture between Marco and mm-hmm. Olympic Construction Companies, as well as the union. And uh, so lots of, lots of folks are... Are, are are very happy now and uh, looking forward to to this phase. I can appreciate appreciate uh, what you're saying there. I mean, you know, who wasn't and the uncertainty that filled every sector um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, we never knew where it was going and it was just getting worse. So I can appreciate today must be a full circle kind of thing, being able to announce this. Um, it is a pol- post-smolt building. I guess that's, it seems like more of an effort to, to move a lot of uh, the production uh, cycle more closer, like onto land, away from away from water. Well, what it is is a reduction in uh, in the time at sea. Uh, this this approach, what it does is, is it ensures that we're going out with much larger fish. Uh, Brian, an important factor to remember about our our operations in Placentia Bay is it's in very deep water. Yeah. Uh, it's you know far far off the coast. One one individual asked me when I was in uh, Petty Fort to point to where the uh, <laughs> the uh, the sea cages were, and uh, I laughed. You know I'm a Placentia Bay boy myself, and 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 I looked. I said I'm only joking with you now. Don't be offended. But the curvature of the earth would prevent you from seeing them <laughs> that far out. But uh, uh, you know the point I was trying to drive home is that it is out there in deep water. And uh, this has a benefit for you know for the for nature around us, which is very important that we take care of of our operations and ensure that it's environmentally sensitive. But at, at the same time, it's also good business for us because we're growing larger fish. That's uh, taking larger fish out, shorter time at sea, and uh, it results in in good growth. They get all the benefits from from being in the ocean. You know that more natural taste. All of those sorts of things, mm. and and you know a, a healthy environment, but it also ensures that they're a lot more vigorous. The fish that are going out there, and and they're able to, you know, that ensures that their fish health is optimum, which is a really important factor for us. Now, the skeptics, of course, of which there are some, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I mean, I've been covering aqu- sure. the, the aquaculture industry for about 20 years. Uh, from its early days and, um, you know, and the ISA issues, which are not exclusive to any one company. That can happen naturally and occur. And the critics of, uh, you know, land of uh, ocean-based as opposed to land-based. Um, and some might say, you know, yeah, the the, the farms or the, the, the uh, pens in Placentia Bay are out so far and out of, it's out of sight, out of mind thing and that the risks are still there. I'll just say that and, and give your rea- and wait for your reaction to that, I guess. I think our regulators would feel differently because uh, they're they're uh, they're constantly monitoring us as they should be, sure. and we're quite o- quite okay about that. Uh, Brian, one of the central parts about you know a modern approach to to fish farming to aquaculture is it takes a significant investment mm. and it takes takes an op- uh, an absolute embracing of new technologies as they come along. 
and, and, uh, and Grieg has both here, a lot of investment and a lot of new technology. Sorry to interrupt. It, it, no, and, and thank you for, 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 for stating that because that is the case. We're, we're uh, both in, you know, ensuring our employees' safety and comfort and, uh, and fish health, which is, of course, an optimum piece for us, but also environmental protection. Uh, it is good business to be a good steward of the environment. Traceability is a big part of food mm-hmm. now. So, for Brian, you know, if you go to to various yeah. restaurants or, or or supermarkets now, it's a big thing. Where did my food come from? How is it treated? Traceability is a massive part of our industry now, and ensuring that that the folks in the markets know that this fish was felt fed the best food, it was taken care of. We we uh, you know we employed all the best practices in making sure that this is a healthy product and uh, and you know good to feed your family that that's central to us and uh, it's simply good business to take to be a good steward of the environment to take on the best technology and it as my my father would say it's not cheap it yeah, is a, it, it is. It is a cost, but we feel it's a good investment to be here in the long term to to grow healthy food for individuals. That's the way to, to go. That's a good approach. There's always been a cost prohibitiveness when it comes to um, uh, the argument that for years, you know, people were looking to B.C. and saying, look, you know, obviously they're going on land because of issues they have in the wild, uh, whether it's, the inf- you know, any infection or sure. whether it's yep. uh, contaminated or other interaction with wildfish. But, um, and every time I put the, uh, the, the question to anyone like Cook Aquaculture back in the day or anyone, it's always been the cost prohibitiveness. But um, is it still the case? Is it still just too expensive to put everything on land? Well, I can, I believe in both. And, uh, and you know, both have their, their, uh, their, you know, of course, land is new. And, uh, and you know, they're... they're, they're new, to, uh, new to us, I guess. Yeah, they're... There are aspects to it. Yeah. We're using what we feel are the best aspects of both. Sure. Uh, in that we, you know, what we have here is a very large facility. I hope you'll get to come down sometime, Brian, to see it, and you have a standing invitation from okay. us. Appreciate it. Come down, come down, and and do a walkthrough and meet some of our staff. Uh, but uh, we we use the best aspects of both. I obviously can't speak for other companies. I speak for for Greek, and I'm I'm happy to do so. I'm very proud of what we've done here and the approach. Mm-hmm. And the 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 embracing of of uh, of taking on the new te- technology in any kind of food production, there are challenges, whether it's terrestrial or on the water. You're you're going to run into that constantly. The important thing is how you handle those challenges and how you try to mitigate any risk of those as you move along. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to mitigate any risk ahead of time. But when things happen, you put your hand up and say, uh, "Big believe." in this of saying look this happened but here's how we're dealing with it and uh, and you know we'll deal with it responsibly and openly and that's how you build trust speaking with uh, Perry Power director of communications with Greek Seafood Perry 14 million dollars that's a big investment that's just the first phase of this uh, the sure post mold um, can you just give us a, uh, run out a bit of time here but I just want a uh, little overview of everything that Grieg has going on in the province here right now from uh, what's happening down Marystown and Placentia Bay and uh, any other just an overview of how much uh, of investment this company has in the island right now as an update 
Well, uh, that's an excellent question. We're looking at, uh, at at the possibility in Bayes West, which is a new area which the province has uh, has opened up. That's and where where specifically is that? that that's in the Burgio area. Right. Okay. We 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 obviously are have operations. Uh, we in throughout Placentia Bay, we operate out of Southern Harbour now as a as a, an area for launching. We're also in Swift Current. Mm. Uh, we also do significant activities in Argentia. On the other side of of the bay, a lot of receiving and uh, and and some of the larger vessels uh, come from there. Of course, Marystown is our hub. We we have our our our, our land based portion is here. Uh, the the units and uh, our administrative staff are are housed out of here. Yours truly included. Um, it's uh, it's exciting. We always projected that this would be um, a project that would uh, would not only go through the bay but have effects in other parts of the uh, of the island like it is in Beta Verde with the, with the initial processing happening up there so I, I'm just really pleased and proud to be uh, part of this and to to be able to relay this great news for for Newfoundland and Labrador today. You mentioned Beta Verde. It's tempting. I just don't have enough time. There's so many issues around aquaculture. Of course, the controversy a while back of Beta Verde, the fish that went uh, there for processing. But again, that's uh, that was a, a made in news in the House of Assembly, and we'll have that'll be for another day. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, you feel free to reach out to me at oh, any sure. time. I'm always happy to speak to you. And I also want to just point out, I mentioned 14 million, but overall, you're going to invest almost four. Million this year. Are you not in all of your sites? Uh, it's uh, it's approximately that. You're 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 correct in that one. So, so you know, it's a, it as I said, there are ongoing costs, but uh, but right now there's a there's a, a waiting market, and uh, and we believe in this province when it comes to fish farming. That is uh, Greg Seafood's uh, Director of Communications, uh, Perry Power, here in the province, based down in Marystown, and he's absolutely right about that. There's uh, quite the investment, as you mentioned there, almost $40 million this year into various segments, including this new, uh, the first phase construction of a post-smolt building in Marystown, uh, as well as ongoing operations, as you heard, there in Placentia Bay and in the Burgio area, plans there. Uh, Bays West. So uh, lots going on there. The investments just keep on coming. Um, of course, there are always two sides to the aquaculture debate. And, um, uh, y- you know, that's why we have the show. And um, um, hard to say, aquaculture is just uh, continuing to develop. Uh, the technology continues to develop. Grieg, of course, employs more than 120 roughly 120 employees here in the province alone. They also have big operations in British Columbia. So my thanks again to Perry Power with uh, Grieg for giving us an update on that and the good news today of uh, the continuation, which was interrupted, of course, by the pandemic. What wasn't, really? So they're back at it down there and continuing with their investment. Good news, business news. Um, Brian Callahan here today for uh, Linda Swain on News Talk. We'll be right back. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. Brian Callahan back with you for the home stretch. Uh, a few minutes left to go in the show. Um, uh, Going to get to a, a phone call we received in a few minutes, but I just wanted to pass along this um, bit of news, uh, this being news talk from uh, Bay Roberts, RCMP. Sent in a release just a short time ago, and boys, oh boys, you talk about bold and blatant. Um, there was a, uh, a break, not your average run-of-the-mill break, enter, and theft, I can tell you that. Occurred at a property in Bishop's Cove. 
um, early, let's see, the 5th, so that was two days ago. And um, a man has been arrested, um, 33-year-old Christopher Snow, and they're still looking for a second suspect. But boys, oh boys, if you look at the list of stuff. So this was a break-in at a, a storage building in the Bishop's Cove uh, on Shore Road. And I don't honestly have the time to list off everything that was stolen, but I, everything from uh, black and white uh, 2016 Honda all-terrain, red and white Honda 230 dirt bike, gray Honda four-stroke outboard motor, black ATV utility trailer, Sanyo mini split heat pump, two air compressors, a log splitter with yellow frame, a red ja- car jack, a red mechanics creeper, bolt cutters with a blue handle, a crowbar, used ATV tar- I, that's just half the list. It goes on and on and on. And it looks like what got the boys, allegedly, I'll say that a lot, but um, surveillance footage. So there was video around the building, and it didn't take them long. So um, uh, it didn't take them long, but it wasn't easy. They arrested Mr. Snow. He resisted arrest, was taken to custody last night, uh, was in court today, and released. Um, he's charged with break and enter, theft over 5000 resisting arrest. And uh, they say efforts are underway to apprehend the second suspect and to recover the stolen property. So they don't have it all back yet, but I can't imagine that can't be too easy to hide that much gear, um, let alone the fact that the RCMP have video. So there you go. Uh, (laughs) It's wild, some of the stuff. I ran into a neighbor this morning on the way to get a coffee, and she was talking about the sods fresh sods that had been put down that had just been put down the night before around her property where the grass was kind of thinning out and she wanted to spruce it up near the fence and they stole the sods she said i can't believe it they stole six sods off my lawn claudette i can I believe mean, it yeah sod i know but it, people are just brazen so you're driving by and you see fresh oh, i don't fit in the back of the truck i'll just grab that <laughs> it's already in quarters i had siding stolen from our uh cabin site when it was getting built just a pile of siding that was there if it's not nailed down including sod people are going to take it it's just you know um, yeah i know but we are the friendliest (laughs) (laughs) yes let's go back to that conversation (laughs) shall we we're the friendliest and nicest just not to each other exactly yeah sometimes okay um and claudia you got a phone call there didn't you so we might as well clear that up a little bit there's still questions about around what was this about the grocery grocery rebate so here's uh what uh, one senior had uh, a question for you sure Yes, uh, I'm calling about the uh, uh, grocery rebate. Uh, we usually get our GST on the uh, 5th of each month, like 5th of July. But this this month, uh, we received the grocery rebate, but we didn't receive our GST. So I was wondering, is there going to be another day that they'll have the GST sent out? If you could uh, check with someone on I'm a senior and my husband is a senior. Both of us are on fixed income, so we were waiting for our GSP. Thank you. Well, the short answer is um, no, there isn't a separate one. So the trick here is uh, that this grocery rebate is based on 2021 income. So that's the first thing that everyone should realize. So um, you may have been eligible for both Uh, for the GST rebate in 2021, and you may even have been uh, eligible for it last year, and you may be eligible for it this year. But if you're not, and uh, the only really way you can, first of all, you had to have filed a tax return in 2021, you can uh, go on the site, go on uh, Service Canada site if you have an account. If you don't, 
basically you may have to contact someone just to confirm if you don't have your income in front of you but these are all based on income um, they're separate checks so you would uh, they're not uh, it's not one check you would get a grocery rebate and a GST if you were eligible for the GST rebate last year so this year's GST rebate is based on your income of 2022 and so if you're eligible you'll get it and the grocery rebate is based on your income from 2021 so that's why there are different echelons and different scales for people who may or may not get it so if your income basically over 50,000 is kind of a general guideline but you can't you know every individual circumstance is different so uh, you can I mean there are certainly phone numbers and it's an easy Google the grocery rebate if you have access and you're handy just uh, with the general Google search on your computer. Uh, if not, I mean, you can call a number. Um, let's see. Do I have that number available? Uh, not offhand. Let me see. Mm, but I'll run down through it. So basically, if you are eligible based on last, uh, based on 2021, uh, the check, if no children, you get $234.387 with one child, and it goes up from there. You can kind of see 467 for another child, 548 So it goes up each child you have. If you're married or have a common-law partner and no children, it's 306 and it starts there. But the bottom line is you, again, it's based on your 2021 income. So if it's changed since then, uh, chances are, and, and you've received considerably more, chances are you may... So yeah, it's possible you could re qualify for the GST rebate, rebate, but not qualify for the grocery rebate, and that's what you need to know. And they're two separate checks, and they're based on different calculating years. So GST is based on last year, and the rebate is the grocery rebate is based on 2021. So, of course, it would have to be complicated like that. Clear as mud, Claudette? It is clear as mud. <laughs> I'm looking up some information as you're talking as well. I have the number here now, too. The so. 188? Yeah. Eight number? Yeah. So if anyone wants to, you know, if, you, if, if you're not handy with a computer and you have a pen handy, we'll repeat it again here in a minute. But it's 888-1888-863-8662. And uh, so you can get in some information there. Again, online is just as easy. Um, and there's also Canada.ca slash balance owing. So there are, there's always the possibility that if you uh, have outstanding taxes owing or any other owing money owing back to CRA or the federal government, uh, that's another reason you might not get the amount that you're expecting. So everybody's situation is different. It's certainly best to uh, contact um, um, federal government at that number that's one of the numbers and they say if you do not receive the grocery rebate on the expected date which would be today you have to wait 10 business days before you contact them correct so give it a bit of time don't panic yet but although you know it's easy for me to say but there's always the possibility that you need that money now so it's good to know I, I can appreciate people would not want to wait the 10 days they'd say why because you just want to call and see if you're eligible not necessarily whether you're getting it so one 863 8662 You can check on that. So uh, that just about brings us up to the end of another edition of the um, of News Talk here on VOCM. I'm in for Linda Swain one more time tomorrow. Uh, so we'll catch you later then. I want to say thank you again. I almost forget Claudette all the time, but thank you to <laughs> Claudette Barnes behind that glass. You are running the ship just marvelously. So uh, thanks again, Claudette.
No, thank you. And I look forward to working with you tomorrow. Ah, yeah, only one more day, she says. <laughs> Just one more. Thank the Lord. Anyway, thanks, folks, for listening. This is News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan. We'll catch you again tomorrow.